Welcome to the Investment Clinic Live, your monthly 30-minute online chat with an investor. And now your host, Brindusa Burroughs. Welcome all today. I'm really excited to welcome you to our next Investment Clinic Live. This month, we're thrilled to be coinciding with the launch of Impact and to welcome Bertrand Gacon, who is Head of Impact Investing and SRI at Lombardier in Switzerland. And he is the founder and CEO of Impact. Welcome, Bertrand. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time. We're going to be talking about impact and we're going to be talking about assessing impact and why it matters when entrepreneurs fundraise, but also looking forward to, to hearing more about impact, uh, the, the um, entity that you're launching in the process that you have launched this week. Before we do that, just a quick word about the investment clinic. This is the product of the Ground Up Project Company, specifically designed to prepare impact ventures for fundraising. We offer all sorts of services that help entrepreneurs and especially impact entrepreneurs prepare, review their financial modeling, validate the revenue models, get feedback on their documentations, and so on. We would like to increase the number of ventures that are ready to be introduced to investors as we know that investment readiness is the number one challenge of an impact venture. And eventually, it narrows investable impact deal flow considerably. The Ground Up Project is a deal sourcing platform for sustainability. If you log into groundupproject.net, you can self-assess your company and use the free value compass tool to understand how ready you are for, for fundraising. It is a tool approved by investors that also benchmarks impact ventures on the platform and can offer guidance into what's missing in the investment readiness process. Bertrand, you are a change maker, says your bio on the internet, and I believe everyone who has ever met you would uh, testify to that. You are a tireless advocate for the impact economy, but you are actually coming from a very solid experience in the financial industry. So you were first involved in investment banking business in Asia, then in private banking worldwide, and you specialized in impact investing and responsible investment for both high net worth individual and institutional investors. Your expertise is in impact investing, SRI, social entrepreneurship, microfinance, development finance, climate bonds. You also teach at the Graduate Institute in Geneva. And it says here that you are a founder and president of the Association Tisayuka. Your passion and vision have been, although you're very modest about it, as we know, uh, have been at the origin of impact. And I'm confident that it is your inspiration that actually brings people, and including your team, around impact. So really thrilled to have you here today. Now, Bertrand, tell us a little bit about impact since it was launched this week. Yeah, well, thanks, Brindusa, and then thanks for the uh, very kind introduction. That is definitely putting some pressure. Yeah, Impact uh, was uh, was actually launched this week. Uh, it's a collaborative platform that is uh, producing analysis and, and assessment of the impact of companies. We are based around the uh, SDGs. And uh, if I would like to summarize, maybe in a way that is uh, very easy for everybody to understand, it's the idea is really to, uh, to create the the Wikipedia of impact where everybody can go and contribute, share their views, confront their ideas, and that finally together we can build a, a very robust knowledge database on the impact of companies instead of having uh, every single investor or company or 
or consulting fir firm developing its own proprietary model on their side. I think if we really want to, well, to address the very huge challenges of our time and meet the sustainable development goals, uh, we will need to uh, definitely be able to do two things at the same time. The first one is to significantly increase the amount of money that, that is directed today for what I would call impact businesses. So those, those businesses whose core mission is really to solve one of those challenges. So that is the impact investing space in a word. And, and, and we still have many challenges to address there. One is liquidity. Another one that we'll be talking more today about is the standardization in terms of impact measurement. And this is a part where where the impact platform is uh, is likely to help, or at least we hope so. And many other areas that the, uh, the ground up project itself is uh, is working on to, to make sure that uh, investment readiness of those projects is improved and that uh, also the uh, intermediation is, is further developed. And then I think private banks in particular have a role to play there. And uh, I will be talking today uh, uh, under, well, with my two hats, one is as the head of impact investing at Lombardo J to see uh, what, what banks can do and what they are already doing and what they can do more to uh, on that front. But also with my hat as a founder of impact uh, to see how that how that solution, how can that solution help also solving the, uh, the issue of standardization in the impact measurement. I would say increasing the flow of capital to impact businesses is only one part of the solution because we know that a standard conventional portfolio of every single investor today, would they be institutional or private investors, are very significantly invested in, in conventional assets. So uh, listed equities and bonds, they represent very often more than 80% of the uh, investment. So we also need to find a way for those investments represent the very large majority of, of the financial, of, of the flows of, of capital that are being invested on a daily basis, we need to make sure this amount is also following a lot more impactful criteria. And this is what I would call the third dimension of investment. What we need to have is, is to make sure that at the end of the day, everybody is looking at risk, returns, and impact as the three dimension for every investment. Are you starting from things that are already in existence or does impact create original content at the moment or expect original content? We expect original content. What we, uh, the, the way it works is very simple. We, we ask people to come on the platform and write up a very short, what we call impact note, which is a, a short piece of analysis on one company and one SDG. And people can, well, write up that, that impact note based on their own knowledge of, of the company's impact, which they can obviously then have actually to uh, explain using, well, fact-based information and sources that they will then send, collect on the internet. But it is a, it is really an, a production of new analysis on the impact of companies. And we ask people to come and basically share what they already know about those companies, either because they've been working at that companies or because they were their consumers or because they were their they are suppliers, they have a knowledge that they know about the, the impact of those companies, they come and they write it up on the platform, and then we rate how, how relevant, how objective, how, how documented is that analysis, and we only reward the best analysis on the platform. So you're moderating input from those who comment on various companies? The community does that work. We, we hand it over to the community to make that work and to read those impact notes and to assess whether they're really of good quality. 
And if they are not decided by us at impact, but deciding by the whole community of impactors, if they are of good quality, then they are financially rewarded. You talked about Wikipedia. This to me sounds more like TripAdvisor model, you know, uh, trusting trusting the crowd on awarding points. Now, you, you talked about input. Now, how can entrepreneurs or investors or others use the output? Um, how can people use the analysis that's being done? Well, the idea is to make impact analysis available to, uh, well, to, to the large public. So the platform is free. People can go there, read every single piece of analysis that has been produced. And from those analyses, we actually ask the community also to rate the impact of companies. So we turn that, that qualitative analysis, which is at the very basis of what we do, into a quantitative score that is then very easy uh, for investors to use and integrate in their portfolio and solve that very tricky issue, which is that of, of making sure impact assessments are comparable from one company to the other one, even though those companies are active in very different dimensions, sectors, and themes. And that is one of the key points that is today uh, one of the strongest barriers in, in the industry is to make sure that investors, when they have to make a decision based on impact, they can actually compare the impact of companies across sectors, across geographies, and across, I would say, economic growth of the uh, of the companies themselves. Now, one, this is one of the. I want to move on to questions that came from from participants. So, Bertrand, one of the questions that came through was, "How is impact different from others?" And I guess the question is, you know, from other platforms or other sources. Yeah, well, that, that's a good point. I mean, Impact was created out of a frustration, as I had myself as a head of Impact Investing in SRI, not to be able to build portfolios based on, on data that I was buying that was actually of, of I would not say that they are not of uh, data, not of good quality, but they are not really relevant in the sense that the mainstream or the dominant methodology that we use in the investment space is the ESG framework, at least for uh, listed equities and bonds, so for for the conventional asset classes. And this ESG scoring methodology has many flows. And, and the main one is the fact that it's entirely focused on, on the practices of companies. And it's very nice to be able to assess the practices of companies, but it tells you very little on the real impact of companies. I mean, you can be a, a tobacco company and treat your employees very well and treat your suppliers very well and, and do all the good things. But at the end of the day, you're still manufacturing tobacco and you're still responsible for killing many, many people on the planet. And so we need to have a, an analytical framework that investors can use that is really capturing the impact of companies. And this is exactly what, what impact does. That's the, the first difference. And the second one, obviously, is that we, we're getting outside of the, uh, I would say, of the expert-based model that is being used by other rating agencies which is a, a very uh, opaque and, uh, and proprietary systems where they have designed their own methodology and they have so-called experts that are specializing by sector and they uh, work and cover uh, hundreds of companies and try to find on their own by themselves what is the positive and negative impact of those companies on the world. We believe that we need a much more open, diverse source of information we believe that we need to, uh, well, to use the collective intelligence and, and really harvest and harness the power of the many brains that, that have a say. So really, our, 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 um, I would say our, our motto there is the same one as the one we have on the book from, from Mark Levy, uh, Collective Intelligence. It's really that uh, nobody knows everything 
and everybody knows something. And, and the purpose of that platform is to make sure that we can actually bring the little something that many people know about the impact of company and organize that in a way that makes sense, that is usable and that is robust. And the algorithm that we've developed is, is, is doing just that. And obviously part of that work is also being well performed by the community itself. Now, if we took the next two questions to put them in one, we talked about lack of standardization. How do you think the market can get to a commonly accepted approach? And the second question to that is perhaps turning the, the question we're looking at on the screen upside down. Is standardization going to pull up impact investing or, or contribute to, to turning impact investing into a, a recognized asset class? Yeah, so that's two interrelated questions. And it's true that uh, we've been struggling. I mean, when I say we, I, I mean the industry has been struggling over the last years on how to uh, address that uh, impact measurement uh, question, which is key because if you're not able to measure the impact of your investment, well, you really don't share that you are actually having one. So it's very important that we're able to measure that. And, and standardization is one issue. But I think the, the central question here is, is again, is, the capacity to have to have a system that makes it possible to compare one investment with the other one when it comes to impact measurement. I mean, am I going to have more impact with the same amount of money while investing in company A or while investing in company B, either overall or for one specific theme, for instance, gender equality or climate action or whatever it is. And for that, we would need to have a standard. So now there's two ways of of building a standard. The first one is is to have a leader in the marketplace that is big enough that it will impose its own standards to the rest of the industry. We saw that in, in many other industries. We saw that, for instance, with Sony imposing the CD, the CD-ROM that, uh, well, when they, they started that and, and, and basically uh, pushed the other players to actually adopt the same standard because they, they basically uh, flooded the market with their own CDs. And the time for order to propose an alternative, there was already an, an adopted standard. But in the impact investing, I don't think today there is any one single player which is big enough to actually impose a, a measurement. I know the IFC is trying to do that, but I doubt that they're really able to, to go that way. So the other way around is to actually have a bottom-up approach where we decide, uh, well, many of us, as many as possible, decide to join forces and, and to build the standard in a much more organic way. And this is exactly what we're trying to do with impact. We're not imposing any framework beyond the, the 17 SDGs themselves, which is not so much of a constraint, but really rather I would, I would say it's a thematic categorization of, of the impact, but then it's, it's a free form. So everybody is able to actually propose a way, an angle, and then it's just the work of of selecting and rating and assessing the quality of, the, of those impact one by one, time after time, that will make it possible to have a, a I would say, a, a very open and a, and a very large standards that makes it possible to compare all companies, not just listed one, but also non-listed ones. And this is, again, what we're trying to do by bringing together not just two or three organizations or 10 or 20 experts, but potentially thousands of people that we work together establishing that standout. 
and building a trustworthy one, right? In, uh, in the process as you, as you describe. Now let's change hats a little bit, uh, if you might, if you'd like. And, and one of the other questions that came through was, could you describe the process from a financing institution's point of view of settling on the relevant impact parameters? I'll just leave it at that because there are many ways you could address this question actually. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a very important question. I mean, obviously, we um, we have to make choices, and the choices we make, they're, they're always a balance between what our clients are asking for, because we want to be able to create uh, investment uh, vehicles that are uh, commercially successful, so we, we cannot be too niche there, and at the same time, making sure that at the other end of the spectrum, we have enough companies to invest in. And when you have those two, well, two dimensions together, that really leaves a, as of today at least, unfortunately, that really leaves very few areas where you can deploy strategies, both, I would say, big enough in terms of fundraising potential, but also large enough in terms of investment universe. And that is, just to give you an example, that is what uh, the reason why Lombard Odier decided to go for private debt funding development finance four years ago and a climate bond fund one year ago. The main reason why we've decided to uh, go for those two strategies is because we felt there there were two areas where we could at the same time bring enough clients to invest and find enough investments to actually deploy the capital. There's not so many of them. And if I read the question in a slightly different way, do you apply impact parameters? at each investment level, at each vehicle level? How do you actually settle on the imp- impact parameters? Yeah, it's a good point. It starts with the strategy. So so when we start doing is, is really defining the, the specific topic and asset class and instrument we want to work on. And when this is done, then it gives you already a kind of standardization. For instance, if you do development finance, a large part of that would be Financial inclusion would be access to electricity and access to basic services for low-income communities. And with that already, you can narrow down to a set of criteria that would be eligible to each of those themes. And, and then you can apply that to each of the investments and make sure that you're able not just to measure before you invest, but also to report back to your investors on the impact of your investment. But before you go there, you need to have, I would say, a consistent strategy that is narrowing down the areas that you want to cover so that you don't have so many diverse projects and risk appetites from your clients. It uh, underlies how important it is for for entrepreneurs to understand exactly how the various vehicles are, are positioned and what their strategy is. We see a lot of entrepreneurs approaching different types of asset managers and investors and so on without really making sure that they fit the strategy that the vehicle or the investor has uh, has set. So, so thank you for that. Now, how do we engage mainstream investors and how does the impact investing spectrum evolve with the entrance of these players? That was an interesting question. Yeah. Well, the good news is that uh, the mainstream investors are engaging themselves <laughs> now. <laughs> I mean, uh, if we look at the past 15 years, we had to do a lot of educational work there and uh, and try to push those investors to, to get more interested in impact investing. Now it's it's really coming the other way around. So at Lombard Odier, for instance, we have many large families that are coming to us and ask us to transform their entire portfolio so that it becomes 100% impact driven. 
and, and so this movement is already taking place. The other question is how, how do we make sure that we can do that in a credible way and, and still while well, balancing the need for quality and avoiding the situation where we'll be either greenwashing or allocating too much capital in, in too few projects. So this is where the, the private banks and the asset managers overall have a very uh, key role to play is that they need to organize that market and the intermediation between those people who have a lot of money and want to invest in impact and the social entrepreneurs who have good projects and need to be better ready to receive that money. And I cannot agree more with your previous comment, Prinduza, are probably reject 95% of all the uh, requests for funding that comes to my desk for the, the single reason that they're still completely outside of my investment strategy. So they, for instance, people asking for private equity when we do private debt, people asking for, I don't know, I would say education project where we don't do that because we do development finance and climate bonds. So yeah, social entrepreneurs have to be a lot more specific in their demand and very well understand what investors are investing in so that there is a, a good match between the, those two areas. Something we hear every month in our investment clinics from all investors is how important preparation is. You mentioned, because you, you talked uh, briefly about it, I want to jump to a question that's a bit further down. Somebody had asked, uh, they're, they're interested in the assurance side of things. How do investors know to avoid greenwash? Well, they don't, actually. <laughs> and there is only one way to, 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 to do that, except maybe in, in some specific areas, such as green bonds, where we have some kind of label. But for the rest of the uh, impact investing uh, space, it's, it's up to the investors to go into the details of the projects and the investment companies and make sure that the impact is actually delivered, uh, whatever is their, their own definition of, of what is impact. But mm -hmm. this is where it is going back to impact measurement. You cannot be an impact investor if you don't measure the impact of your investments. And so whatever is your KPI, your KPIs or your methodology, you need to be able to measure and you need to be able to withdraw your investment if the impact is not being delivered at the end of the day. So it's an additional work, but as of today, there is no other ways of doing that. And this is also why we're developing solutions such as Impact, the platform, so that this work is made easier, at least for the, well, for the listed equities and bonds, and hopefully one day for also the more uh, impact-driven ventures. We have a question on chat. I think it's from Pratisina from Financing for Development. If I read uh, the name correctly, she's asking, what do you think of IFC's AIMM metrics framework? Well, it's, it's a good one because it already helps better uh, standardizing what, um, what we should be looking at when we talk about impact, uh, not just in terms of thematics and KPIs, but in terms also of uh, what are the beneficiaries, how do you raise the depth and breadth, so the various dimension of impact, if I could say. And in that sense, this is something that we reuse also in the impact platform where we ask our, our users to rate not just whether the impact is positive or negative, but what is the breadth, depth, beneficiaries, all that dimensions of impact. And in that sense, I think that's a very interesting movement. What I like with the IFC work is that they're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but rather trying to identify the many initiatives that are already existing 
and try to use that as best practices to, well, to foster the emergence of, of new standards. It would still take some time before, again, we have something that everybody um, shares. And I'm, my, my concern is I want to make sure that whatever is the tools and the standards we come up with, they are something that we can use across the various asset classes of a portfolio. And as of today, what we see is that we really have kind of bifurcated view where impact-driven ventures are being rated with, well, impact methodology on one side, and listed companies are being rated with a very different methodology, which is ESG-based today, not really capturing the same dimensions. And at the end of the day, again, an investor should be able to, well, to think impact across the entire portfolio. So we need to have a common tool to do that, regardless of the approach. Thank you for that. And I think I should say that we have noted there were uh, quite a few specific questions that came through before the session around uh, how to assess impact for community. What do you think about assessment of listed companies in terms of gender impact and so on and so forth? I think we can safely recommend that our listeners and our participants actually take a look at impact.com and contribute to actually their views on, on some of these topics, would you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I could uh, probably uh, give you some more details here, but I think the, the easiest way is for you to uh, to go on the platform and register. It's, it's entirely free, of course, and uh, you will understand very, very quickly how it works. It's very open in terms of model. It's really up to each contributor to come with his or her angle and then for the community to help organize all of that just in the same way uh, Wikipedia is working today. So that at the end of the day, we have a robust platform that is addressing the various dimensions of impact and the various thematics, and all of that being ultimately organized around the SDG. And here's another question that came through a chat, which I think is important. Olivier Beru from Beru Consulting asks, how can a company or project be confident of a fair and unbiased assessment in your system? Uh, he says abuses have been known in other similar systems. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. Obviously, there, there are many... I mean, this is something that has been very uh, close to your mind since ever since we started with that. Every time you, you create a crowd-based knowledge database, you have to address those issues. There are many mechanisms that we have in place in the platform that are very similar to uh, the one you can see in the Medium website, and some of them also very similar to what you see in Wikipedia. I don't know whether you have ever tried to make a... Um, a modification, introducing a wrong data into any Wikipedia page, you'll be surprised to see how quickly it is actually turned back to the right situation. So one part of the reason is really to empower the community with the role of actually Being uh, following, yeah, making, I mean, cleaning up, cleaning up the data, identifying who is doing the right job and who is not. Part of that is also uh, to use our own algorithm. Uh, one of the key dimensions of that algorithm is actually giving more weight in the votes to the what we call the knowledgeable users over the less knowledgeable one. A third one is capacity to detect anomalies, what we call anomalies in voting, when we see that people, for instance, are always voting very well or very badly for one company or one thematic. The last one is the financial reward, obviously, which makes that we only incentivize the impact notes that are being written and are of top quality. So that that's overall is how we we make sure that we build a, a very robust knowledge database into the, the platform. Thank you very much for that. Now, 
We're getting towards the end of the, the session, and I'd like to have the chance to cover one last question. Does bigger impact mean easier ways to get more investment? Somebody who said, you know, why, why would I choose to, to get impact investment rather than go with someone who is primarily interested in my financial sustainability? I wouldn't phrase it this way. I don't think that, um, well, doing the impact uh, is a way of getting more money. It's actually a way of, of getting more like-minded investors. So if, if impact is important to your business, then you'd rather work with impact-driven investors than with uh, other types of investors that are not likely to be aligned and not likely to be with you when you have some, some tough decision to make. So I don't think it will attract you more money, but it will attract you a much better type of money for, for you as a social uh, entrepreneur. And, uh, and this is why I would strongly advise that uh, when you target your investors, particularly in the initial rounds, you target those that are very much aligned with your uh, impact strategy. That really helps for the future growth of the company in my view. Thank you very much for that. And thank you, Bertrand, for, for taking the time to answer each of these questions. To get in touch with Bertrand and the Impact team, visit www.impact.com, I-M-P-A-A-K-T.com if you're listening. There you can find their, their contact details and you can join the community of Impacteers. You can contribute and start engaging with the system so that, as Bertrand said, the, the result actually becomes bigger and better for, for us all. Bertrand, we already wish you and the team best of luck and we'll be following up on growth and help wherever possible. Thank you again for joining. Thank you everybody for your time. On behalf of the team, thank you so much for being with us today. Bye-bye. For more insights from Impact Investors, visit www.theinvestmentclinic.com.